It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Great to have you with us on this Friday. Dave Revson, Dave Wanstead, already one game in the books. We'll get to that in a moment and then getting set for the Weekend to kick off in earnest yeah. less than 24 hours from now, Coach. It is, and obviously we're getting into the, you know, the, the, the important games as far as conference race and stuff. So this is this is always exciting. I mean, it's uh, because I think this year truly, when when you look at the West, you know, and you look at the East, I mean, there's legitimate. This is not a one horse race, right. you know, on either team. I mean, this is going to be as competitive, I think, personally, as it's been uh, in the last four or five years. I would agree. I think there are several teams on each side you can make a case for Yep, that, that would have a chance to win. And I don't know that that was what we anticipated coming into the year, but it, but it is borne out. And we mentioned the West being wide open. Why not Illinois? I mean, uh, let's Why look not? back on our big story. Uh, they were really good last night. They dismantled Chattanooga. Chase Brown went over 100 yards rushing for the fifth straight game. That is a school record. Tommy DeVito, 329 passing yards, one shy of his career high. And 200-yard receivers, including Pat Bryant. The D was great as the Illini registered their first shutout since 2015, a 31-to-nothing win. Again, they already have a conference loss. They have fallen to Indiana so they do have some ground to make up in the West. Maybe we can talk about where you think they fit in. But that's what it's supposed to look like, Coach. I mean, you take on an inferior foe. And Chattanooga's a pretty good FCS team, and they're ranked 10th in the country in FCS. And this one was over five minutes in. Yeah, and the best thing about this, you know, one is that they played a clean game. You know, we've seen them play some, some lesser teams earlier, put the ball on the ground, have crazy penalties, uh, throw some interceptions. You know, this game... I thought, knowing Brent Bielema from his Wisconsin days, and then when I went down and spent a couple of days when, we was, when he was at Arkansas. I mean, this football team right now, what they are doing, playing efficient at quarterback, running the ball, playing defense, better than anybody thought they could play defense. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I hate to, use, to keep using the word DNA or, or this has his stamp. You know, they are playing the, in the image of their head coach. And this is – when he was successful at Wisconsin, this is what he was doing. 
And yes, Chase Brown run the ball. But I'll, I'll tell you what, it, in my opinion, and I'm not jumping on the bandwagon, I said this after the first game that they, when they, they lost, when they got beat by Indiana, I said this team and Minnesota are going to be the two best teams in the conference. And I'll tell you why. Tommy DeVito. I think this kid at quarterback, you know, there, there's quarterbacks, Reverend, and we've talked about this, that are game managers, and there's quarterbacks that you watch them play and you say, you know what, if we're down by a score with four minutes to go, this is the type of kid that can go in and make good decisions, make good throws, and win a game for us. And I think he's this type of quarterback. I mean, yes, O'Connell at Purdue, and we got Tanner Morgan at Minnesota. Then in my mind, at this point, and I know, every, you know Graham Mertz and, and everybody can catch fire, but at this point, I think he's the third best quarterback in the West. I truly do. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, you know, this is amazing. This is the first time in school history they had two 100-yard receivers and a 100-yard rusher in the same game. And, wow. and Brett was astonished by that fact after the game. So offensively, it feels like they've got a lot of different ways that they can beat you. But, man, this defense is good. I mean, they've given up 32 points now in four games. They have played three home games, Wani. They have yet to allow a touchdown. Yeah, that's – wow. I mean, that, that is uh, – that's fantastic. You know, the, if, if I had when – I when, when I was involved with teams that were great on defense like this, the big thing you got to be careful of is, is, is not putting your defense in a bad position. And why is this defense – hey, they're fresh. They keep running the ball like they're doing – and being balanced like they're doing, I mean, that, that really gives your defense a lot of rest. I mean, you look at the number of plays that they're playing defensively, I mean, they're probably 15, 20 plays less a game than a lot of their competitors. I mean, that's a big edge when it comes down to being able to finish a game. Uh, and, and they're going to need that as, as they start getting into tougher competition. But uh, – no, I, I, the formula, the winning formula, you know, you sit back and you look at different teams and say, oh, I don't know, they, they're missing this part. I mean, I like it. Run the game. Play defense. Quarterback has made some plays. Uh, when the plays were there, they're catching the ball. The only thing early we talked about was cleaning up some of those penalties and, and some of those, you know, couple turnovers at the end of the game when they kind of came unwind against Indiana. But uh, I think they, they have figured it out. I truly do. I think that was one of the most encouraging things in this game. They technically had one turnover, but it was on a defensive player, right? It was the change of possession right. and, and then turned it over on the return, Keith Randolph. But aside from that, offensively, they didn't turn it over. And that had been a huge issue coming into this game. But I'm with you. You clean that up with a defense this good. I mean, 32 points in four games is the fewest since 1950. And, that's, that's hard to do. That's yeah. hard. I mean, that's hard to do. And, and particularly when you're playing sometimes lesser opponents. And it used to make me mad. When I was a defense coordinator back in my Miami days, we'd get a lead on. And all of a sudden, you know, Jimmy Johnson, the head coach, he said, hey, let's put in some of the backups. And I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, we've given up a field goal or we got to right, shut right. out. I, you know, and the young kids get in there, and you got to play these guys, and you give up a score or two, and when you look at the at the you know the, the sheet afterwards, it's it's the points are there. These guys haven't done that. No, really, really impressive. And as you say, we'll find out a little more here coming up. I mean, they go into full bore the Big Ten schedule, and we'll see how they stack up against the West here coming up. Remember, they lost that crossover game to Indiana. 
big big West test coming up here as you look at it. They got Brett Bielema's return to Madison next week. That should be quite a show. Mm -hmm. They host Iowa and Minnesota. They still have Michigan State and Michigan left in terms of crossover, so that is no picnic. It's going to be fascinating to see how they stack up over the next few weeks, starting with that game against Wisconsin. Speaking of the Badgers, let's dive a little bit into tomorrow's action, Wani, and this is a really interesting game. There is no official Big Ten media poll, as you know, in the preseason. There is an unofficial one, and overwhelmingly the matchup that was picked as the Big Ten championship game was Wisconsin against Ohio State. It would be interesting to see if they revisited now whether that would still be the pick, but 31 of the 36 voters. So this felt like a titanic game coming into the year. The Badgers had the loss to Washington State, which maybe took a little bit of the luster off of it. What would it take in your mind for Wisconsin to hang around and have a shot here at the end? Well, you know, they're going to – I like from a a defensive standpoint what Jim Leonard has done. You know, we talked the first week how many players they graduated off their defense and and how quick could they mature these players and get them all playing on the same page. Uh, Well, that's happened. That's happened, you know – and the, what they do on defense, you know, there is a disguise to their scheme as far as who's coming, outside backer, inside backer. But very seldom are they really in an all-blitz mode, mm-hmm. you know. So they're playing more coverage. I mean, they got, what, six, seven interceptions right now. I mean, they're doing a great job. By seven different guys, by, by the way. By seven different guys. Thank yep. you. And uh, so what that tells you is that, they're, they're forcing some bad throws because of what they're doing schematically is getting the quarterback a little bit confused. Uh, they're not coming up with a 1,000 sacks, which tells you they're not blitzing a lot, but they're getting the interceptions. Now, with that being said, I think that's the perfect formula. You don't want to go against Ohio State, you know, with C.J. Stroud and all those receivers and try to blitz these guys. I mean, it would be – you'd have no chance. So I think what they have been doing – you know, changing up their looks, uh, playing coverage. Now you've got a chance to 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 do this at, at a successful rate against an offense that's going to try to get big plays on you right. and throw the ball down the field. And so I think their formula really matches up pretty good against what Ohio State likes to do. And this was the strategy for Notre Dame too, right? Just don't give up anything big. Don't give up anything over your head. And Notre Dame stayed in that game. I mean, eventually, Ohio State had the long drive that put them away, just kind of you know, grinded it out there. But Notre Dame, who, in hindsight, it doesn't appear is very good, hung around with Ohio State. And they did it really with exactly the game plan that you're suggesting. Yep. I think then the question is, is Wisconsin better offensively than Notre Dame was? Because right. the limiting factor for the Irish turned out to be they just weren't good enough on offense. We've seen Mertz. He, he's far better this year, albeit not against great competition. You have Braylon Allen, who is a really good back. We've got some weapons starting to emerge in that pass game. So I'll put that back on you. Yeah. The offhand of each team. Right. Wisconsin's offense, Ohio State's defense. Is Wisconsin good enough to put up enough points to stay in this game? You know, the, the first thought that would come to my mind uh, traditionally, history, is are they physical enough, right? I mean, when you when you played some of those, you know, Wisconsin offenses with that offensive lines and the Jonathan Taylors and company, I mean, it was going to be hold the football for 35 minutes and physically, physically get after you. Well, 
Ohio State's answered that question. Ryan Day's sitting there right now saying, we're not worried about the physicality of this game, guys. Yep. We hit Notre Dame in the mouth, and we are a physical team now, and the players believe it because they've done it. So I think you got to take that away from Wisconsin in this game. And then, you know, Wisconsin arguably, people talk about them having the best offensive line, you know, in the Big Ten. Okay. Well, I don't see the results yet. You know, Braylon Allen, I mean, you know, he's not putting up the numbers rushing the ball like like you would think a great offensive line would be able to do against the people they played. So something is off there. And and I'll be honest with you, I'm not – I got to see Graham Mertz play this week and against big competition before I am sold that he's not going to turn the football over like he's done, River. I mean, it's – Right. No, this is the issue, right? And I've mentioned this a couple times this week. I'm not all in on that yet. I've mentioned this a couple times this week. I I don't want to beat it to death here, but he's 2-6 and against ranked teams. In his career, he's thrown four touchdown passes and 11 interceptions. So he has done this against not great competition to this point. And so now the question is, does it translate against the Buckeyes? It's been a long time since Wisconsin has gone on the road and beaten a top-five opponent, which is tough for anyone, but they haven't done it since 2004. So that is a a high bar here for the Badgers. And, and, And a hidden part of this thing, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles for Ohio State, he, you know, keep in mind, his reputation is, you know, he, he had more quarterback hits than anybody in the country last yep. year. He had more sacks on third down or, or let him in third down and like third in the nation. He, I think, you know, they, and Ohio State's done a good job with tackles for loss. But if I'm Paul Chris right now and we're getting ready for this game, I'm telling my, I'm telling my offensive coaches and particularly my offensive line coach, we are going to see something in this game against Ohio State that we better have been watching that Oklahoma State film, guys, hmm. because we are going to get something this week against Jim Knowles uh, that we have not seen all year long. And I'll be real, real interested to see what that is. Is it movement stuff? Is it pressure stuff? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But it's not going to be what they've been doing. I promise you, he's been sitting there. And, and he's, he's had this game targeted since he took the job at Ohio State. did seem like they were somewhat vanilla on defense Absolutely. against Toledo. Gave up more than 300 yards against the Rockets. Did force their first couple turnovers of the year. So that is a big game, indisputably. Yep. Interestingly, when you look at undefeated teams going head-to-head, we got a big one between Michigan and Maryland. There's only four games in the country pitting two undefeated teams. This is one of them. We've spoken a lot about Michigan and the unproven nature of their schedule, but the way that they have dominated people. Maryland coming off a really nice win against SMU. Had their backs up against the wall, outscored them 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. This is a different animal, though. Can they hang with Michigan? Do they have enough? Yeah, you know what? I, you brought up a point there. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this game, and this is going to be as great as Michigan has played in all phases of the game. Maryland is an improved football team. You know, uh, Leah is the quarterback is putting up numbers as as good as anybody in the country. I mean, he's he's statistically big play wise, big play wise. Maryland is right behind Ohio State in the conference. Yeah. Okay. So when I look at Michigan, this is going to be the biggest test that I see. Do they have the athletes and the speed? Take forget about athletes. Do they have the team speed? Okay, to line up and play with Maryland. An explosive hmm. team like this. Yeah. I'm serious yeah. because you're going to face this at Penn State 
is an explosive team, Michigan. Ohio State, we know, is an explosive team, Michigan. So I think this is going to be a real barometer check for us to say, okay, you know what, Michigan is got that team speed, you know, to, to be able to handle a team that, you know, that, that makes big plays, is one of the best in the country, and, and, and has a quarterback. And it's also, this is important, Leah, the quarterback, you know, he, this, is, this could be a statement game for him. I mean, yep. he needs to go out there. You know, he's playing fantastic right now. What, 77% complete? I mean, the numbers are off the chart. Both these quarters, you got two of the top five in the country in completion percentage going head to head here. Exactly. And, and, but, but Maryland was in this situation a year ago, and I believe it was Iowa. Yes. Wasn't it Iowa? Yeah, it Iowa. Correct me. Five interceptions. And he throws five interceptions. So this is a game where he can say, I'm, I'm, I'm different. I've grown up. We got a better system, you know, on and on and on. And, and, and one last point here. New defensive coordinator. I says that Michigan, we're going to find out about Michigan and their team speed. This is going to, we're also going to find out about J.J. McCarthy, right? The quarterback from Michigan. This is, I mean, Maryland is not, you know, the, the best defense in the league or the best defense in the conference. I get that. But they are much improved. They are much improved. And uh, so, so the new defensive coordinator, Jesse Minter, we're going to find out what he's about a little bit more, and we're going to find out about Michigan's quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. Now you know you're the starter. Now you know we got a conference game. Now you know this team has scored points. So you're going to have to make plays now in critical situations. I, I, I really think this is an exciting game I mean, on all aspects, well, for both teams, and, really. And remember, we saw a little bit of this for Maryland last year where they were really good defensively in non-conference play, and they got into yep. conference play and gave up more points than anyone in the Big Ten, in, in Big Ten play. Now when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, new defensive coordinator Brian Williams, so we'll see whether that narrative changes. Uh, like Michigan, Minnesota is perfect against an underwhelming schedule. So, also like Michigan, they take on Michigan State. You got to think the Spartans are reeling a little bit after going out to Washington and really never being in the game. Uh, the final score was deceptive, but they were down 22 to nothing in this one. So, now I get Minnesota, who has been totally untested, but I mean, they have just been annihilating people. They're outgaining their opponents by more than 1,100 yards here through three weeks. What do you see in this matchup? Well, I look at Michigan State, and it, it showed up last week against Washington that uh, losing the two starting corners, you know, I mean, they were so bad, the worst in the country last year past defense. So now we've, we've got that corrected. we got another year to grow up. Mel Tucker's been working with the secondary. They hire a pass rush specialist. 
and it starts off good. Well, then they get their first, their two two corners get hurt the first game, a safety in a corner, and then uh, last week they don't get pass rush. You know, and, and the old premise, I used this, I think, earlier in the week here, and I've always believed this, protection, offensive protection, beats coverage every time. If you give your, if you give your quarterback time, those defensive backs, I don't care how good they are, and we don't have enough time on this show, I could give you about six stories where, where it's, yeah. it's, it's a fact. It's yeah. a fact. Well, that's what happens. That's why we need to record the pre-show. Well, the, the, the best stories are there. Yeah, yeah. So this week, zero sacks, right? I mean, yes. Washington does a great job of blocking them, and they got a couple, uh, you know, defensive backs hurt, safety corner, and now all of a sudden, you know, big plays come in the passing game again. So, so to me, that's a little bit of a, a concern for Michigan State going forward. Let me ask you this though: Is Minnesota constructed to take advantage of that? I mean, Chris Oppen Bell now is done for the year. This is a team that runs it a higher percentage plays than anyone other than the service academies. I think we all want to believe that Tanner Morgan is back to being the Tanner Morgan from a few years ago, but he had NFL wide receivers out there on that team. So it feels to me a little bit like Michigan State's weakness yeah. is not one that Minnesota's going to... I agree with you. No. I mean, they can exploit it, but I just don't think that that's their game plan to exploit I, it. I, I agree. We're going to find out if Michigan State can stop the run this week. Yes, you know? that'll be the big question, and, right? And b- because no one has done a better job. I mean, you know, with Tanner Morgan coming back, he's re-energized. He's playing great. Muhammad, you know, comeback player of the year. Just give him the award right now. Yeah. I mean, the guy has, has been fantastic. Their defense, this is what I think is going to happen. You know, as much as I love Peyton Thorne, to me, he's a game manager. He's more of a game manager than we're behind by two scores and he's got to bring us back and we got to win the game. I don't see him fitting into that mold right now. And the problem is that Michigan State can't run the ball. They have, they have struggled running the football, and that's putting a lot more pressure on Peyton Thorne than I think really that they want to do, you know. It's, um, Just 42 rushing yards. Yeah, that that, that's Washington. not good enough. And, and we, can't, we, we can't move on from Minnesota uh, without talking about what a great job their defense is doing. Because I was up where I talked to Joe Rossi, their defense coordinator, and I tell you what, they, they basically lost all their key guys up front from a year ago, and these guys have – have put together a, a defensive team and scheme that, uh, man, they are playing lights out on defense, which I know talking to P.J. Fleck, that was the biggest concern coming into the season. If you are struggling to run it, you're not going to solve that against Minnesota. They've no. held nine of their last 16 opponents under 80 rushing yards. Coach, one of my favorite topics in the whole world is schedules. Because I've coached at some places where schedules – you know, either made or break it. And my buddies on tailgate will support I've, me. I've heard you. Support, support me on this. Uh, let's talk about schedules, philosophy yeah. of schedules. Well, scheduling, obviously, that's uh, critical to the success of a program. Like you, when you work the programs, you need those six, seven wins. Scheduling is imperative. But I'll never forget Earl Bruce, the coach that followed Woody Hayes at Ohio State. And my mentor, one day we're talking, and he told the story about he's a young, just first-time head coach at University of Tampa. And Bear Bryant was still the coach at Alabama, the number one coach in the country. And he drove up to Tuscaloosa and sat for two hours in the waiting room there. And the secretary finally said, yeah, you come on in. You can visit with Coach Bryant. Only a few minutes. So he walks in nervous, and here's Bear Bryant <laughs> sitting, at, sitting at the throne. And he said, uh, Coach, I'm a new head coach. I'm sorry to bother you. 
and I just want to get some advice. I'm building a program here at the University of Tampa. And he said, okay, boy, come on in here. Come on, boy. He sits down in the chair and he said, um, get, your, get your notebook out, write these three things. The most important thing you can do as a head coach, get, him, get a hold of your scheduling. That's number one. Scheduling is number one. So he's writing out scheduling. He said, number two, most important thing that you have to get control of as a head coach of Tampa is scheduling. <laughs> and I think we know where we're going with it. Yeah. And number three, <laughs> scheduling. scheduling. Let's take a look at three really interesting schedules in the Big Ten. I mean, fascinating. Let's start with Michigan, Coach. Yeah, you look at that schedule, and you you know, the schedule looks decent. Colorado State, I coached there for six years. You coached against Colorado State. That's normally a top 30. They're really struggling right, right now. You right. know, and that's not a knock on Colorado State. It's just reality. You watch the videotape, not very good. Hawaii, uh, we, I've coached against Hawaii. They, they used to be a top 25, top 30. You watch the Wolverines against Hawaii. It's unchallenged all over the field. And then you have the University of Connecticut, a new coach there that has had some good teams. But you look at that just off the hook, that looks like a decent schedule. Should get out of that 3-0. and right. But the concern you have, you have not been pushed one time. Right. You watch the videotape, Jerry, and it's not the Wolverines' fault. They had, when you schedule, those are done 10 years in advance. But you, is your team, you know, the head coach, I, I would always use the term game ready. Is your team game ready? They have no idea right now. So how, yeah. how, how does the coach close the gap? Yeah, when you, when you look at, let's look at the other schedules. We'll come back to that. Okay. If you look at Penn State, you're playing a conference game on the road to start wow. the season. Unbelievable. Then on the road again at Auburn, Alabama. I mean, if I'm James Franco, I say, whoa, wait a minute. Time out here. What are we doing? And then you look at Ohio State, I think has an excellent schedule. You come out of the shoot, you play a top five opponent at home against Notre Dame. You have two teams you're going to have better talent in. Don't know much about Arkansas State, but Toledo's a normally pretty good, solid team. They'll fight you a little bit. And then you get on the conference play. But going back to if you're the Penn State coach, you're the Ohio State coach, you're playing a conference game, you're playing Notre Dame. You're scrimmaging more in preseason practice right. because turnovers and tackling are the two issues you have to get cleaned up. If you're the Wolverines and you line up and all of a sudden you, you don't get challenged in those first three games, I can promise you that Jim Harbaugh and his staff, they're going one-on-ones -on -one as much as you can. Because right now you have a first-time starting quarterback, J.J. Right. McCarthy. By the way, we both think he's very talented, but he's not been challenged yet. Right. right. And you'd like to have that happen before you get to the conference. So how do you do that? On Tuesday and Wednesday, practice segments are either five-minute or eight-minute periods. I would go two eight-minute periods and say ones-on-ones. On ones. I want tackle, but right. keep them up. Right. But I want to see fast, athletic players and pressure the quarterback because he's not getting pressured in those first three games. So you would go one-on-one -on -one if you had Michigan schedule, but perhaps not the other two no. schedules. Well, you know... I might a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I certainly want Penn State. Oh, Penn right, State's, right. Penn State's, they're, they're war-ready. They're, war they're right. conference-ready. Right. You know, to go on the road at Purdue, I was there at that game. They played their tails off. Ohio University, decent team. And then to go down to SEC country and come out of the win, I'm keeping them healthy and get ready. Now they got a, you know, they got Central Michigan coming up. But Ohio State, I bet they are. I don't know that for sure. But as you're getting ready, you know, you have two teams that you overmatched a little bit. I would imagine as you're getting ready for Wisconsin that they're playing a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. And think about what great athletes test people on. Number one is tackling. If you're a defensive, yeah. if you're a defensive coach, I can promise the defensive staff that or the Wolverines right now are panicky a little bit. How are they going to tackle in space against great players? Right. The other thing is how are you going to carry the ball and hang out when you get really hit by a Fast, getting hit by an Auburn secondary player, you, you, you find out a lot about your players. Right. Well, I agree with Coach Bryant. Schedule, 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 schedule. schedule. <laughs>
Coach, you've obviously been through this. What stands out about that conversation? Well, you know, what Urban was talking about taking those two eight-minute periods and going one-on-one, you know, I think back in the days we used to do that pretty much all the time. Right. You know, I mean, there was right. no such thing as is not. Uh, the, the two problems that I have with it is, you know, if you, if you have a big opponent, okay, you're going to open up. Penn State's going to open up with Purdue. You, you know that you ha- that's an important game. It's a conference game, and you have to be healthy, and you've got to be ready to go. So you might not have the tough training camp that you truly need to put your players under some stress in certain situations and have them respond uh, before it happens for, for real in a game. Mm-hmm. So that was the only problem I always had. If we were open with a big opponent, you know, no one wants a game by hurt, and you're, you, you kind of soft shoe it a little bit. As compared to a lesser opponent, boy, now, then you go back to the what Urban said. You know, it's it's ones on ones, and you're getting after it. And I, I think you can accomplish a lot more in training camp getting ready when you have that type of attitude with a lesser opponent. I'm just kind of the other way. Yeah. And, and then guys transfer in. You know, I remember opening the season against Utah. We had a sophomore redshirt quarterback that never played, and we went out there and played and, and lost in overtime. Uh, to a good Utah team, but it, the point was that he wasn't ready, you know, mm-hmm. for that. We needed a game or two to get ready. So, Right, and it's interesting just because there are some schools that are opening with conference games or others that are not. I mean, the equation is very different, and it, we feel it when we go to training camp on our tour and talk to the coaches, it's very different depending on, on kind of well, what I, you've got. I went back for that Pitt-West Virginia game, right, that opened Huge. up. Yeah. Two, both quarterbacks were transfer guys from uh, from USC, Slovis and T.J. Daniels. And and really, I talked to Narduzzi. They didn't know, you right. know how he was going to respond, right. J.T. Right. Daniels, and, and I'm sure West Virginia was the same way. Uh, let's get into Penn State a little bit. So they really did challenge themselves, obviously. Some of it was not – by their choosing. I mean, you, you, you find out from the conference whether you're opening right. with a conference game. You don't decide to open with a conference game. They go on the road as well. But going to Auburn was by their choosing. And so now what has James Franklin learned about his team? Kind of to echo what Urban was talking about with Jerry, what has he learned that some other coaches may not know? Well, that he's got more speed at the tailback position than, than we know, right? I mean, yep. I mean, they are singles and making huge big plays. And I got to tell a quick little story here. You know, I, I want to give the offensive line some loving for Penn State, okay? That he that they're blocking better yes. and they're protecting better. Uh, but I, I go back to a story when I was playing at Pitt. We ran for our leading rusher one year ran for about four or five hundred yards, about like Penn State's was the last couple of years. And then we signed this freshman running back that came in. Was it Tony Dorsey? And he rushed for wait. <laughs> he, you got. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.